Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says teams are working to find and analyze the unidentified objects shot down over the Yukon and over Lake Huron by the American military during the weekend. John Tory's eight-year reign as Toronto's mayor came crashing down as it was revealed he had an affair with a staff member during the pandemic. What happens next? And the RCMP unveiled the Tesla Model Y as the first electric vehicle to be added to the Mounties vehicle fleet. But what happens when you add electric vehicles to rural policing? Hello, Canada. It's Monday, February 13th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. And I'm Andrew Lawton. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. On Saturday, U.S. jets shot down an unidentified object over Yukon after it had violated Canadian airspace. Then on Sunday, on orders from President Biden, U.S. fighter jets downed another unidentified object over Lake Huron near the Canadian border. During a Saturday evening press conference, National Defense Minister Anita Anand said, quote, at the direction of the Prime Minister, aircraft assigned to NORAD successfully took down this high-altitude airborne object at approximately 3.41 p.m. Eastern Time. On Twitter, the Prime Minister said both Canadian and U.S. aircraft had been scrambled, and it was a U.S. F-22 that, quote, successfully fired at the object. Now, the Prime Minister did not share details about the nature of the object, saying only that, quote, teams are on the ground looking to find and analyze the object. Now, Minister Anand added it's far too early to say the shot-down object came from China. The minister noted, though, that it was, quote, potentially similar to the object shot down in North Carolina last month. In total, four unidentified objects have been shot down over North American airspace in the past eight days. And Andrew Lawton, I think that says it all. Four of these shot down in just the past eight days. I don't really remember this sort of thing happening in the past. No, and the big question is, were these things always floating around and people are only now paying attention to them? Or has this been a very new development and, and one that is, I would say, vexing both Canadian and American authorities right now. It does seem like there was a, a bit of a lesson learned from that first one you mentioned that was shot down over the Carolinas in that uh, acting more quickly, I think, seems to be the goal of a military and, and political leaders now. Yeah, I guess the question is what happens next? Because if we do have China going, well, let's just test these guys, let's play with them, let's see what they do. And they want to go over sensitive airspace areas to just look down and get a sense of what we have in terms of, for instance, concerns about them going over NORAD facilities in the United States, going over other territory here. How are we going to respond? Are we going to play this kabuki theater or are we going to confront it head on? Well, I think that's very true. And I, I obviously, we, we don't know for certain that every one of these things has come from China. The government's even been tight-lipped on, on using the word balloon, although I think that's the 
suspicion or assumption that people make. But you have to look at what the goal is. Is China just trying to push the boundary? Is there some massive distraction from something else underway? Or does China just know that it can send a bunch of these balloons over, they can take their pictures, they can pick up their surveillance, and they know that even if it gets shot down, they've still managed to have some success. And I, I think that it's very concerning that this is happening. And it's very concerning that you have, at least in a couple of the cases, a country like China that believes it can get away with this with impunity. Now, some concerns about what it means that it was U.S. fighter jets that shot these down over Canadian airspace. And it's no surprise that NORAD, while it's a joint effort, it's really a U.S. effort. Uh, not looking to make any political statements here, but when Justin Trudeau tweets, I ordered the downing of this, one kind of goes, well, did you or did Biden give you the okay to order the downing of it? Uh, bringing us to questions, Andrew, that are very important about is Canada's Air Force ready to deal with whatever the future holds in the Asia Pacific, uh, dealing with a more uh, volatile situation in China? Is the Navy ready? I think this is going to present a lot of questions about our military capabilities. Well, and also about how much of a role Canada has in its joint operations with the United States, because we know that Stephen Harper was actually a very active uh, participant in that process, and I think did have a level of clout, even with the Obama administration, with whom Stephen Harper uh, obviously didn't see eye to eye. So yes, the U.S. is you know one of the greatest military spenders in the world. They've got a large military. Canada is more the plus one of NORAD, but I, I also don't want to downplay Canada's role here. And I, I think that the two countries do historically work very well together. But you need a, a leader in Canada that's going to be taken seriously. And I think that's the big question in general in Canadian foreign policy. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. John Tory has said he will be resigning as Toronto's mayor after a news report from the Toronto Star uh, detailed that he had had an inappropriate relationship with a staff member of his during the pandemic. Following the Friday night story about the relationship, Tory gave a, a brief press conference in which he announced his forthcoming resignation in a prepared statement. Tory said, quote, I recognize that permitting this relationship to develop was a serious error in judgment, unquote. He took no questions. He has been Toronto's mayor since 2014, and he said he'd be focusing on repairing his marriage. Uh, his wife, Barbara Hackett, had spent the bulk of the time during the pandemic in Florida. And I would say that there's been a bit of pushback against the media on this. I mean, it used to be that sex scandals were uh, rather palpable. But at this point, there has actually been a, a current of folks saying, listen, this was something between two consenting adults. Why is this even news? Andrew, I think if it was just between uh, two adults who didn't work together, that would be one thing. I think the fact that she was a staffer who was junior to him obviously complicates matters there. So that was the question. A lot of people asking, is there anything else going on here? And I don't know uh, the answer to all of that. But I, I think some people do look at this and to your point go, yeah, is this really worth 
the resignation here, what else is happening. And reports do indicate that uh, some people close to John Tory are saying don't actually resign because he, he's announced he's resigning, but that technically wouldn't happen until a city council meeting on Wednesday. So he's actually got a couple of days to retract it. I think the problem is if you come out and say I'm resigning and then say, oh, no, I'm not resigning. I mean, that just turns uh, Toronto politics into a total joke and clown show. Yeah. And, I, you know, I've got a lot of issues with John Tory, but in a way, I, I think it actually is an example of him doing the right thing here and something that other politicians could probably try to weather and be a bit more brazen. I mean, for example, in uh, London, Ontario, there was a sex scandal a few years ago between the mayor and the deputy mayor. And uh, ultimately, it did not go the way that uh, this thing went with uh, John Tory just immediately taking responsibility and walking out of there. So I think that at a certain point, he is probably genuine when he says he wants to focus on repairing his effect on the family. But you throw that into a political context, and it doesn't sound like there's a natural successor in place that will appeal to the progressives. Now, I do think that what we're looking at is a chapter out of Greek tragedy that they call hubris. John Tory said he would only be mayor for two terms and then he got arrogant and he said i'm gonna run for the third term nobody better oppose me and pretty much nobody did and all of this happens after he pushed things a bit too far and you'll notice that the story came out about this affair and then like 10 minutes later he's like oh i've got an announcement that i'm gonna resign and he walks out and he kind of says it matter-of-factly so it's almost like he was ready for this and, and i don't mean ready for the scandal i mean in his head he was ready to throw in the cards you know the fact that this affair happened during the pandemic i i find slightly interesting because I know that there are some people that would be more offended by him violating the uh, pandemic gathering restrictions than by the actual affair. That was certainly the case with uh, former UK Health Secretary Matt Hancock. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. As Canadian governments increase their reliance on electric vehicles, there are more questions about whether such vehicles can maintain expected performance standards in winter weather conditions. This month, the RCMP unveiled the Tesla Model Y as the first electric vehicle to be added to their fleet, and they've also got tests of the electric Ford Mustang and the Ford F-150 coming soon. However, a study published in late 2022 found that many EVs have problems maintaining expected performance. The study estimates a significant drop in the amount of miles per charge electric vehicle batteries can sustain. Now, the Trudeau government has committed to taking big steps to converting Canada's national vehicle fleet to EVs. Environment Minister Stephen Gobeau announced that the government will be mandating EV sales make up 20% of all vehicle sales in Canada by 2026, and that has to come to all vehicle sales 100% by 2035. Andrew, all of this suggests that this big push for electric vehicles, look, if you want to buy it, go ahead and buy it. But this mandating it, uh, having police forces do it before the rest of society has gotten a high take rate on it, it seems a bit premature given we're only now acknowledging, oh, this doesn't work so well in winter conditions and 
Canada has a lot of winter conditions. Yeah, and I'm really not clear how the Mounties are going to manage the musical ride on the electric horses. I think that might be a, a bridge too far. But, uh, you know, I, I will say that the problem with electric vehicles is that you have a, a political push and an ideological push that is, I would say, several years ahead of the actual technology and where the business are. And it's great to have goals. It's great to have this aspirational approach to this thing. But you are right. When police are moving to this, governments are moving to this, before the market itself has, it's because the market hasn't caught up with what politicians want it to be. And I mean, there, there's a reason that we aren't seeing electric tanks. There's a reason that we aren't seeing the military switch over to battery-powered fighter jets to shoot down the balloons. And that's because electric vehicles right now have a, a very overstated uh, quality. And, and again, when that catches up, especially in a country as rural and as cold as Canada, great, but that hasn't happened yet. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.